Welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast channel. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Sasha Shaw. She just goes by the machine, though, which, Harrison, if you're listening, she's got you, frankly. <laughs> I will fight your cat, absolutely. <laughs> it, it's not the cat that you have to fight. By the way, I would never want to fight a cat. Like, that's... Oh, I fought a cat. <laughs> that would not... There's no way that ended well. Oh, I'd fight a cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, you just have to get past the initial, like, this is a cute animal. You could destroy a cat. I don't think that's true. They have claws. Yeah, but I'm so large. <laughs> I, I I'm so large. The, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm well insulated, so I think it would work out all right. Today, today's show, we're already starting off kind of weird because we know today's going to get weird. Like this, this, this episode is just going to get – we're going to wander around. We're going to find stuff to talk about because Magic threw all kinds of craziness out into the atmosphere. He hopped on ESPN First Take um, and, and did that three hours, three – yeah, Three or four hours uh, before Frank Vogel was going to get "quote unquote" introduced, and I say I use air quotes there because, like, more than half of the questions were for Rob Palenka about Magic Johnson. So uh, there's a ton to get to. And last time I did this, so today I'm 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 doing the show with uh, Sasha, who normally does her show with Sabrina. They have a great show. You're going to want to check that out whenever that goes live. Last time I did this, I did the show with Jacob where we had so much stuff that we just kind of chronologically went through, uh, reports and quotes and stuff like that. This time we're kind of going to approach it the same way. Sasha, you said you took some notes while you were watching, uh, Magic Johnson. Were any of those notes like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? (laughs) A lot of them were pissed off a little bit um (laughs) there was a lot of all caps Mm -hmm. and misspellings and tbh shows up at least three or four times (laughs) tbh is not the direction out it would have been a lot of wtfs (laughs) ayfkm like (laughs) and i have one holy shit lmao (laughs) yeah right so let's let's start with your first note here what was the first what was actually? You know what? Let's start with the uh, LMFAL. Let's. What, what got you to say LMFAL? Oh, that was actually. This is actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I was. They were t- kind of talking about how I don't know what the guys on first take are called, except for Stephen A. Smith because he's an icon. But I don't know who the other guys are. <laughs> but the white guy that looks like a Max. silver fox. He uh-huh. um, was talking about how like this seems to him like. Kobe and LeBron and Magic are kind of like duking it out to be the next Lakers owner, which is Mm -hmm. a really interesting idea for me. I like kind of really liked that. And Magic was like, oh, the memory of Jerry Buss basically being a father to figure to him is why he would tell Jeannie not to sell. And then I was like, they were kind of talking about how it's a family business and how like corporations own teams now. And I was like, okay, let me like do some research. And I found out that Jerry Buss made all his money from real estate. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's wild. It was one of the things. So I wrote about uh, that exact quote, actually, about the ownership thing today for Silver Screen and Roll. And uh, it was wild to listen to him talk so candidly about, oh, yeah, if they were made, if they were put up for sale, I would love to get in on that. Right. And it was funny because he said, oh, I have this emotional tie back to to Dr. Jerry Buss and, and to Jeannie's dad. But 
But if they were made for sale, I would be in line. Kobe would be in line, right? And it was wild to hear him talk about that. We, You never hear that. Uh, he wasn't about... disputing anything that Max, no. my man Max, that now I know, said at all, but just sort of like dancing around it. I mean, obviously he has to say that he would tell Jeannie Bus not to sell. Mm-hmm. Like just in terms of like salvaging relationships, which might be just completely done at this point. It feels like... He has to say that, but obviously he and Kobe and LeBron are sort of in this kind of like who's going to take over scenario. Like sort of feels like everybody's kind of looking to be the next Lakers owner. And it it was just really interesting to me. It feels like Kobe's winning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would. Palinka Palinka got Magic up out of there, so I would I would probably agree. I. What do you think of this theory? Magic goes on to ESPN first take, maybe with the with this end game in mind, right? I'm I'm gonna, I'm, I'm putting on a tinfoil hat to to throw this theory together, but he put he goes on to ESPN first take with this end game in mind, potentially owning the Lakers in mind. What better way to lower the value of something that you're thinking about buying than to frame the organization with an inept owner and a bunch of backstabbers who can't get out of their own way. And, and, you know, he literally said like they either make bad decisions or they don't make decisions at all. He, he went, he went full scorched earth on, on the Lakers. And when you, when you tie it, when you eventually tie it back to Lakers ownership, given how well rehearsed all this seemed to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are, what are the chances this was all his end game all along? I mean, we know that, like, it it sort of feels like at this point that Rob Palenka won this tussle, but Magic is still in the fight. Like, he hasn't given up, clearly, based on just literally going on first take to say all this stuff. What he said about the Bus Brothers, too, was really weird to me. Mm-hmm. felt like a huge part of that, like, scorched earth thing, where it was like, he was saying that they were coming to him being like, we need larger positions and we want to, like, have more power in the organization. And then kind of, like, it just felt like I couldn't even tell who he was trying to throw under the bus there. Like, was he under the bus? Was <laughs> he trying to throw, like, the brothers under the bus? Or was he trying to, like, show that they don't support Genie? Like, I w- he is in his bag right now of like just trying to show every single little thing that's wrong. And I just don't understand how he and Jeannie are still friends after this. Like, I don't see how that happens. Yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, another topic altogether. Uh, The way I kind of took that with the bus sibling thing, the one thing that he admitted off the, off the bat, right from the get go here was, okay, yes, I wasn't around all the time. Right. But Actually, was... can we talk about this for a second? Because yeah, this was my first note. All right. How scumbaggy is it <laughs> that his two stipulations for him taking the job were to not have to do the job and not like <laughs> be there to see everything that's happening every day and be fully immersed, but also then have all the power to make the ultimate decisions? Like he's surprised that people were talking behind his back. Mm-hmm. About that? Are you, are you shocked about that? Like, how could you possibly have all of the information to make the right decisions and have that power if you're not even going to be there? That was like, why did Jeannie hire him under that pretense in the first place? Well, I don't know if she did. 
to be completely honest. I mean, he's saying that that's what he told her. He's like, this is what I want from this job, to not have to do it and also to be able to make all the decisions. There's a uh, there's an interview that he gave with Spectrum right when he was being hired. And there's also a tweet uh, that, that he fired off back when I think it was Jim Buss was still the president. And he said that, like, if he was ever president of basketball operations, he would be there all the time. He would be on the job all the time. Da, da, da. And then I think on Spectrum, he also gave a quote right after he was hired. Uh, he and Jeannie sat down with. I think it was Geeter. I'm pretty sure it was Geeter. Uh, and and he said that, you know, this is the only situation where he would step away from his businesses uh, to to focus on this type of, of work because he would be giving up money in those in those other instances. Uh, and, and in this case, he you know, he said that. He couldn't go actually go out and, and focus on it. So like as as is usually the case with magic, he he ties himself into these knots. And I think it was smart of Polinka, you know, if you if you jump ahead a little bit mm-hmm. to to just let magic kind of dig his own grave here. Yeah. Polinka takes the high road. He just backs off and, and he says, oh, I'm, I'm hurt by this. I, I would like to get on the same page with magic. And he just kind of lets it go. Meanwhile, Magic is probably chomping at the bit to, to try to get back on a TV and, and cover up for the mistakes that he made in, in this last interview. <laughs> it's so painful. It's tough. I just – it felt like very distasteful to mm-hmm. go on first take, which is yeah. like notoriously – where the hot takes happen, right? This is like, he's, <laughs> this is also like, somebody pointed this out to me in my mentions, a very positive Twitter mentions uh, interaction here, um, that this is the first time that people all over the NBA are like hearing about the inner machinations of the Lakers. Cause we mm-hmm. like, we as Lakers fans and like dedicated Lakers fans consume so much about Mm -hmm. this like we are fluent in it they don't get the same amount of information that we get about it and this is like this is like what they're seeing on first take is like what magic like how many people all over the nba do you think watched the press conference with rob palenka and vogel oh i can't even say i do know that that espn just tweeted out that a viewership of Magic Johnson interview was like fifty for fifty four percent higher than usual right? <laughs> viewership of of that type of a show. He's he's definitely I think honestly you said you put on a tinfoil hat to for that like Magic is trying to make the Lakers look bad, but like he did do that. Yeah, that's what it would look like. Yeah, right. Th- this is what this is what it would look like, and and here's you know to to I, I guess further down this road. The Lakers right now are heading into a an off season, a summer that they have to figure something out, right? And a huge aspect of that summer is going to be free agency mm-hmm. and magic going out there and calling people either backstabbers or inept or not good at their job or whatever uh, is not going to go very well among potential free agents that like Rob Polink is going to have to talk to. Kurt Rambis is going to have to talk to Jeannie Buss is probably gonna have to talk to these people. The first question in all of those meetings is going to be like, what, what's actually going on here? Yeah. Right. Not a and, good look. Right. Well, and and so if you're Magic Johnson, and you're interested in buying the the Lakers at some point. A good way to sink that value again is to paint them in this spot 
make them miss this opportunity to be able to sign another free agent and then and then benefit from that when the fan base is so frustrated at how things turned out uh, to to, you know, that they might force or, or they might pressure the people involved to sell. There's magic. There's here I am. I, I'm, I'm willing to swoop in and, and, <laughs> and take advantage of that situation. It's a wild conspiracy. But you it know is. What? the Lakers are so <laughs> the Lakers are so crazy. That it's hard to, like, put anything by anybody. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, I thought that the Lakers are a goldmine talk was just like pitch perfect television. Like it was it was stunning. Yeah. It's like first take gold like Lakers are a goldmine. It was just this amazing representation of what daytime ESPN is all about. <laughs> and um I actually feel like it was kind of cool. I mean, this is this theory, this like tinfoil theory, obviously. I think it's a little bit too nefarious. Maybe mm-hmm. I think maybe his primary motivations are like we all think is to make himself look good after like he has taken a huge hit. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably months. that's probably the likeliest thing. But I don't think it's unfair to say that there is sort of this future where these three players, former players and current players, but in LeBron's case, it would probably be in the future resting the power out of the hands of like an incompetent heir. Mm-hmm. I kind of love that. I like kind of <laughs> love that like dynamic. It's almost Shakespearean. It is. It's wonderful. It's like she is for all we've seen incompetent at this point. I think I'm still willing to like give this year a chance because like literally don't have any other <laughs> options. No other <laughs> choice. Yeah. Fan. So I'm willing to wait, but I like love this idea of LeBron Magic and Kobe like wrestling for power, like for power to like own an organization that's being run by like an incompetent person who just it fell into their lap basically. And yeah. you know, I just hope they don't tear each other apart in the process. Kind of we're already seeing that. But, you know, you win or you die. <laughs> I I like it. I like it a lot and it was it was wild that he would even it was just crazy to see the extents that he was going to in this interview. He even went at one point so far as to say, like, oh, yeah, I have a great relationship with Phil Anschutz, who is AEG, who has the first right of refusal if the Lakers are put up to mm-hmm. <laughs> put up for sale. And he was like, oh, yeah, we, we go way back. We've I've known those guys for <laughs> decades. And I'm like, magic wow it was so unsubtle the whole thing it was just like amazing Stephen a smith's questions were like the they just represented that so well he was Uh just like sits back like leans back hand to chin do you think genie bus should sell the team like it's not even like subtle questions he's just asking straight up should genie bus sell would you want to buy the team (laughs) (laughs) yeah I want to know how long that production meeting was because, like, did yeah. they, with magic, was, was magic passing along notes, like, all right, this is a question you got to ask me. This is a make sure you bring up it, specifically ask me about Rob Polinka so that I don't have to pull his name out of my own hat. Yeah, it was great, wonderful. <laughs> I thought What's it was very note? interesting. Okay, do do you have a do you have a we have one we have time for one more note before we have to take a quick second. What uh what's your next note on there? Okay, so my next note is actually a good segue to the press conference because mm-hmm. what I did think at the end of this was like this is so petty. 
like, this is distasteful. I don't really like this side of magic very much. Mm -hmm. But I get why he did this. But ultimately, Rob Palenka doesn't actually have to address what magic says or, like, go for tit for tat in this because he already won. Yeah. He already won. He has basketball things to worry about and magic doesn't. And that's, like, isn't that just the epitome of everything? That, like, magic... It like wasn't doing the work and then got mad because people were talking about it behind his back. And now he's like going out on first take, airing dirty laundry. And Rob Plinko is like, sorry, man, I don't even have to engage with this. Yeah, I have the coach that I hired uh, here to introduce. Yeah, I feel <laughs> and it's sorry also for the coach you. that you didn't even want. <laughs> it, it was I, I, I really like that you're bringing this up because, like I said, Rob Plinko is not going to win a, a a mudslinging match with Magic Johnson. Magic yeah. has too many casual fans. He has Absolutely. he just he's 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 such an icon in LA and Rob Palenka is like Kobe's proxy with the Lakers. He doesn't he ha- doesn't have that same standing. So yeah, don't don't try to outpunch your weight. Just enjoy the 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 win that you have right there. Make the best of that cuz that's the other thing here. If Rob Palenka is successful here and 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 figures this out and uh, it turns out that Magic was really the only thing, the, the thing that was wrong with the Lakers all along. Like, that's how you win this. You aren't going to win it by by trading barbs through the media. I think we can pretty confidently say at this point that Magic Johnson was not the only thing wrong with the Lakers. No, I, I would agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, if Rob Palenka does well, that is awesome. Um, obviously, I'm rooting for that. But my personal opinion is that it's going to become clear that Jeannie and Robin Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis are not Gosh, the name, team that you want. <laughs> you, it's they're just not the A team, and like I'm still willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I just don't think you can argue that they're ever going to be your A team. Yeah, and I'd love for Jeannie to learn from what's been happening. But, like, we've been talking about, like, you guys have been talking, you and Pete have been talking about this all season. Like, doesn't it really seem like they are learning from their mistakes that much? No, no I, I they, if there was a time for them to learn, it would have been now, right? Yeah, it would have, like, maybe already happened a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, is, <laughs> this is probably the spot where, where the guy, the one person you're hiring is saying that the other person you hired and paired that person with is stabbing them in the back. Uh, and and the, the other person that you hired initially said that they were going to be around all the time, and, and now is now now is trying to paint this picture where actually that wasn't the 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 format of how things were going to work. It's just it was such a disaster, and it's been such a public disa- disaster. Mm. That's usually when people learn stuff is when they get dragged through the mud publicly. But that has the, they they're just doubling down on it now. It's a little galling to hear. Magic. I don't know if he talked about this in the first take interview, but it's a little galling to hear him talk about like how the AD uh, negotiations went sour because mm-hmm. the Pelicans were like leaking all this information <laughs> and not being professional. When he's like on first take, like talking uh, unnecessarily talking about his sit downs with the Bus Brothers. Yeah, it just like it's totally hypocritical. Yeah, he doesn't come across as very self-aware. We're going to take a quick second here. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, that AD thing because there were a couple nuggets in there that Mm. 
I found interesting. Uh, I just, I literally, right before we started writing or recording this, I had to write about this for, for the site. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we also would be remiss if we didn't talk about Frank Vogel, which, you know, him being an afterthought in this podcast feels pretty perfect, right? <laughs> just how magic wanted it. <laughs> Hang tight. All right, so I have to pull up this article because I don't even know if it was published yet, but, oh, there it is. Perfect. Magic Johnson doesn't regret how the Lakers handled the trade deadline uh, and blames Del Demps and the Pelicans for the leaks. So he goes, uh, so he starts, I'm not a regretful guy. You're right. I offered a lot of guys, but you don't have to do that for an Anthony Davis, or you have to do that for Anthony Davis. He's a special player. The guys we were going to trade uh, to the Pelicans are special as well. I told Del Demps, let's just do it in private. What we offer, let's keep it between us. But Del didn't do that. So it, that's how it got out. And like, my thing is, let's let's say that that's actually Magic's half of the story here, mm-hmm. right? That that he did no leaking. He is perfectly innocent of, of any such behavior, whatever. But... We know that the LA, you know, that the LA-based reporters were were getting information out there. We we know that maybe Tanya again. I know Brad Turner has has connections back to New Orleans because that's where he's from. But but Tanya Ganguly doesn't have as isn't a New Orleans-based mm-hmm. uh, reporter. We know that that some information was coming from the Lakers. So just to 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 heap all of that onto Del Demps is just it's it's tactless and it's and it's. It's just not believable. <laughs> it's not. It's 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 not. It's like saying, uh, you're sitting in a in a in a tub of water, right? Or or you know when if you I don't know if you had uh, if you have siblings and stuff, but you'd be like in a tub uh, taking a bath, and then like the younger brother would be splashing, and then you would splash back, and then mom or dad would walk into the room, and they would ask, hey. What happened? How is there so much water on the ground right now? And you would try while you're sopping wet and while your younger sibling is sopping wet, you try to point that the younger sibling is to the only person who did did that. And and of course, like the mom or dad is going to say, that's not possible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're sitting in the same tub. Uh, And and, and it's just wild that that's that he tried to make this his side of 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 the uh, story here. How did you take that? I mean, I just don't believe it at all uh really i think he's just on like a pr tour right now trying to like rehabilitate his image so that's pretty much the angle that i'm looking at everything he says from basically and i don't blame him at all for offering all the people for anthony davis like i don't blame him for that i don't know if he was very adept at negotiating in that sense like i don't really mm-hmm. know but i also don't know anything about negotiation so i'm not going to pretend that like i know what he should have done differently but i don't really blame him for offering everyone for anthony davis but it's kind of naive if this is true it's kind of naive of him to be like please keep everything under wraps when like <laughs> their job is to get the best deal yeah it's just kind of silly. If he's frame, if he's saying that that's true, if he really stands by that that's what he said and how he acted, that just makes him naive. Yeah, I e- either either he doesn't understand uh what he's getting himself into or he lied. Yeah. Right? There's 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 no kind of good way to and this was the theme of of his entire appearance yesterday was 
either you didn't understand the job that you were taking or you're lying right now. A traitor right? or a fool. Yeah. And, and Everything you know, just is ask Game Tyrion. Of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> just ask Tyrion. That's not a great spot to be in. So did you – one of the other things that he said here, which I, I got a legitimate laugh at because, you know, so Harrison was in charge of of transcribing and then I was in charge of, of relaying it, putting it into an article. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead. And he goes uh, – he's talking about the, the young guys. So Brandon Ingram, he talks about Kyle Kuzma and how they responded to the, uh, to the rumors and to the articles that were being written about him. Mm-hmm. He goes, quote, and then Kyle Kuzma scored 29 points after that debacle in Indianapolis in which we just got blown out. Kyle Kuzma went to Boston, 29. He then came to Philly, had 30 at halftime, finished with 46. Uh, Harrison wanted to jump in there and say it was 39. Uh, but he got himself together and started hooping, started playing basketball, uh, and they all did. So I wouldn't change anything because that's my job to make the Lakers better. Did he just kind of sort of take <laughs> – did, did he just kind of sort of take credit for, for guys getting through the trade rumors that he created? <laughs> that is next level. <laughs> Some galaxy brain stuff. <laughs> oh wow! It's that amazing. was the plan all along, guys. <laughs> We've really been underestimating him. They, they have like they have light years, right? So I guess for magic, it'd be leak years. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they have he had it all figured out, and and again, it just gets back to you know one of the things that we just talked about here with magic is is he creates this own reality for himself. It's how he can say that he's not a regretful guy. I wouldn't be a regretful guy either if I could just lie openly to myself <laughs> and and create different realities. Like that's not how that's not how how this universe works. No. It's not. Um, that's that's funny. That's really funny. He's a crazy guy. He is. This is also is. just like another like credit taking thing where he's just like, how is what convinces <laughs> him that we're like going to believe that that's what was happening? Right. Wow. So, yeah. you know, looking back, it was really what was best for everyone in the end. <laughs> He okay. also kind of sort of at, at the time, remember, he criticized the media for babying the kids and, and writing about them potentially not responding well to this. So like you can't have that both ways. You can't you can't at the time say that we uh, not we, uh, but but people in the media were were babying professionals for. You know, the effect that being included in these trade talks so publicly might have on them uh, and then also come back after the fact and say, see, I told you all along, guys, I had it all planned out. Like those two things are mutually <laughs> exclusive. That 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 doesn't really work. Uh, let's fi- let's uh, finish with one more note and then we'll move on to uh, Frank Vogel. Do you have any more notes here on on Magic's <laughs> media tour? Um, Actually, my last note was mm-hmm. that Stephen A. Smith's voice, like what it mm-hmm. actually sounds like, is <laughs> such a huge part of his like success and his brand. Uh-huh. And that that really reminded me of Laker Film Room. Uh, yeah. They, what's up, Laker fans? Voice. <laughs> it's like a huge part of the success. I feel like it's like just part of his identity now. 
Yeah. What's up, Laker fans? It's like that. (laughs) It's perfect. I thought Stephen A. Smith's tie was bothering me yesterday. (laughs) It was. It was not. My it. I worked at I little background. I I worked at Men's Warehouse for like five years when I was like eighteen ish, and so I tying a tie is is like an uh, an aspect of my i guess adolescence right when i was this far enough back uh and so, like, part of your development. yeah I, I remember like i i remember sitting in front of the in front of the mirror and like i would retie it just to make sure now i'm 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 an anal kind of person so i i get that but i i i just always look back and i think if if 18 year old dumbass me if i can figure out how to tie a tie then somebody who's going to be on tv for hours can either can can maybe tie their tie better than that. Maybe it was tough. You would You'd hope. hope. You would hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's finish up. Let's wrap up here with Frank Vogel's uh, press conference. What were your What were your main takeaways from how he handled that whole situation? My first thought was Rob Linka started it all off, and I didn't take in anything that he said basically and it kind of reminded me of the Dolores Umbridge speech at the welcoming feast in Harry (laughs) Potter 5 where it's like it's so dull that nobody is listening but it contains like such vital information about like he's how he's gonna run things Mm -hmm. um and I just felt like there were a lot of undertones and a lot of like nuance what he was saying but he said it in such a boring and uh like impenetrable way yeah, that it was it was I could barely take in anything he was saying. To be honest, my main takeaway was the togetherness point. Mm-hmm. That was like a huge uh, note that both Palinka and Vogel hit a lot. Was like everyone being on the same page, everyone like working together towards the future and positive vibes that everyone's feeling the positive vibes a literally <laughs> direct quote from Vogel yeah. and just staying con- committed to doing the work and a lot of it felt like underhandedly pointed at magic huh. like the doing committed to doing the work stuff that Rob mm-hmm. was saying a lot that felt like very pointed it, I, I could see that I, I thought the togetherness vibe kind of lost a little luster when you look into the crowd and Jeannie Buss is not present. And also when they said it, said the word togetherness for the sixth time, you're like, okay, this is a talking point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little was... bit subtle, guys. Come on. Well, I I, I kind of want to go back to the thing about Palinka and, and his saying a whole bunch of stuff and saying it's so boring that people kind of tune it out because like you're saying there was some important nuggets in there. I, I, he basically said that now Jeannie Buss is essentially president of basketball operations, right? He's sending mm-hmm. recommendations to her and she is making final say. Now people might not have picked up on that because it was tucked away in, in another 15 minute spiel that, that didn't really, <laughs> that involved all kinds of words and, and was kind of monotonous in tone. And you know what? That's kind of a good thing. Like yeah. I missed that about I missed that about Mitch Kupchak, where mm. they would ask him, "Hey, this is a this is a big this is a big trade deadline for the Lakers. How do you feel about how the Lakers are going to do? What we might be able to walk away with?" Da, 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 da. And, he, and he would just, "Well, you know, 
<laughs> and, uh, yeah. and and he wouldn't say anything. He would speak for five, <laughs> ten minutes on, on on end. And by the time he was done, you're you're like sitting there drooling, trying to figure out like what it, what exactly he's trying to say there. And and I think it was done on purpose. And and I think Palinka in this specific skill set. That's that's going to be valuable for the Lakers because there is a ton of noise going around about these guys. There's there's the the coverage, the positivity. They can try to manufacture it themselves all they want, but there isn't any positivity with the fan base right now. And the more that he can just talk and say nothing and then hop off the stage, like that's that's the best case scenario for the Lakers. Stop generating news. What yeah. I got from the my big takeaway from Rob's part at all of this was how smart he is. That mm-hmm. guy is so smart. That's a great thing. I'm happy that he's really smart. He's conniving, but he's also <laughs> really smart. And he played it so, so well. I just, I was very impressed. I was just very impressed by his performance. <laughs> him him, and Vogel. Yeah, Vogel like, was great too. Vogel for me had more, more of like a genuine vibe of just mm-hmm. like that he is literally living his best life right now. Yeah. I mean, he he's so on the up and up. Yeah. I I I, th- I thought both of them given everything that was going on. Now, this has kind of been the caveat, the long-standing caveat with the Lakers is given everything that's going on, so and so is doing this fine, right? Mm-hmm. Given the the Lakers keep shooting them, themselves in the foot, and as a result, they make this job harder on themselves, but sometimes they still figure out a way to make it work. And and here with, I thought, Palenka and Vogel, their approach to this press conference, they did that exactly. That, that the Lakers have been such a disaster that the press about them is so negative and, and so vitriolic right now that they basically, they had to make the best of that situation, I thought. I thought to to the best of their abilities they could. And and I felt bad for Vogel because he was doing the whole thing. Right now, the big thing on, on social media is like, oh, this is the leader that the Lakers need. This is the leader. And and it reminded me to to throw out one last Game of Thrones spoiler here. But remember when Edmure like stood up to say, like, I can be king. And they're just, just shut up, dude. <laughs> it's not it's not happening. It, it, it's not to say that I think Vogel is like the Edmure Tully of 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 coaches. It's just that he has such a small voice in this room that any kind of leadership is going to take it's either going to take way too long for him to get it or it's just not going to happen at all so he's just kind of sort of stuck in this tough spot but I think even in that tough spot he made it work as best he could yesterday I think that his biggest issue was that and it's also not the media's fault at all Mm -hmm. it's more like GD and Rob's fault that like they haven't had the media hasn't had the opportunity to ask Jeannie and Rob any questions. And so mm-hmm. something that like should have been about Frank Vogel became about Rob Palinka. Yeah. And I would there are so many questions that I had for Frank Vogel. That's his name, right? Frank. <laughs> I've, oh. First question, what's your name, sir? <laughs> <laughs> it's Frank, right? That's correct. Yep. Okay. Um he, it should have been about him. And like there, I had so many questions that I wanted answered that didn't get asked. And again, it's not really the media's fault because like we are all chomping at the bit to like find out what the hell is going on within the yeah. organization. But mm-hmm. I would have really loved to hear 
some more about like the conversations that he had with coaches around the NBA when he was traveling last year because mm-hmm. he did mention that and I would like to know who he talked to and what they talked about. Yeah. That's something that I'm interested in that I didn't hear anybody ask about. And he didn't really say a ton about defense. He has like proven himself in that area, but I would have liked to hear more about that. And I would have liked to hear some more specifics about the offensive scheme and his vision for like placing guys next to LeBron. I don't know. What did you think about that? I, I'm not like maybe anyone to judge his vision, but he was talking about like spacing and attacking mm-hmm. the rim. What are your thoughts? What I really liked at one point he mentioned analytics and it wasn't in like the the kind of crude delivery that that like Byron would talk about. Oh, like we got our analytics guys over there. And he was he was he seems genuinely interested in 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 bringing analytics in, into the fold in ways that the Lakers haven't had in, in quite some time. And I, I really like that. He talked about, you know, the type of shots, the types of shots that he values, uh, free throws, corner threes, layups, dunks, whatever. And then, and, and by charting, you know, and prioritizing certain shots that that's kind of how you get to the principles that you value on, on offense. I, I yeah. really liked it. I, I, and, and, he continued, by the way, after he was done with that press conference. He met with other reporters. He met with other beat reporters to to answer even more questions. He answered about Jason Kidd, which I was kind of disappointed in, in how the Lakers handled the press conference itself. I knew that that's kind of how it was going to be. It wasn't going to be a free-for-all. But they basically said, all right, we're going to be here for 20 minutes. Uh, each of you beat reporters get one question. And and then we move on, and and all the beat reporters. Tanya tweeted about this. The Kamenetsky brothers uh, tweeted about it. Uh, I believe uh, Kyle Goon or, or or Bill Orem also mentioned this. That by the time they called it quits on the press conference, they all of the reporters still had their hands up for either follow ups or, or or new branches of questions. Of course they did. <laughs> they did, but 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 it, you know it's it's a bummer that that's how that went because that's where that's where more of those Frank Vogel questions could have come up and and i i i found it kind of bordering on cowardice if if not outright cowardice that Rob Polinka and and Jeannie Buss the people who uh saddled Frank Vogel with Jason Kidd kind of fed him to the wolves, right? They just say like, yeah. all right, see you guys. And then, and now, and now you have Vogel answering for kids past when, when kid isn't a Vogel hire. He that's didn't a, even that's make a, a choice at all. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't his call. And, and now he has to answer for it. And, you know, I, I just, and now I, I think he answered it. Okay. You know, he said that it's in his past and that kid has, has moved on or, or whatever. Um, that's really liked... great that kid has moved on from it's great his right wife. yeah that's so but, exciting for him that was that was my that was that was both me and 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 jen we were just kind of sitting there listening to it together and, and we both like rolled our eyes like that's not it's not he who has to move on in that one <laughs> right it's not, also like it's did not... you see what he what his like sentence was or whatever from it it was like 200 dollars fine it wasn't like yeah. go to like anger management or something are you yeah. fucking kidding me Right, right. I I completely Paid his debt agree. to society for sure. <laughs> for well, sure. The good news is he moved on. The yeah. good news is that he's left it in his past and and you know, and again, like if if 
if Palinka's up there and he's answering this question, maybe he gives another one of those nothing answers, right? Yeah. Where he doesn't even where he doesn't specify anything. He could have even just gone so far as to say, "Well, we haven't officially hired the guy yet. We're not going to answer questions about people that we haven't hired, right?" Uh, so in in that way, it was kind of interesting to hear Vogel even answer a question about it. You'd think that that they would want to be on the same page on that front, but but yeah, it was just the it's like the the theme here is the lakers put themselves in these much tougher situations than they have to be and now have to work their way out of it so instead of making actual progress they're just making up for the steps backwards that they keep on taking after they make any kind of progress and and i thought vogel's press conference and and him answering questions afterward just perfectly summed that up and and i hope that that trend doesn't continue into mm-hmm. into the off season i also kind of I mean, on a more, like, positive note, like, we are raring for more. I mean, it's insatiable. Like, I am so excited for next season. I have, like, my reservations about a lot of things. Jason mm-hmm. Kidd is a big one, personally. Big one. And, like, it just for a lot of reasons, basketball and personal, etc., And I am still not satisfied with the front office and like the leadership, but ultimately what the the off season is about that aspect of the game of the Lakers, the organization and the season is about what's on the court. And that's what Mm -hmm. I'm excited about because I think Vogel is an interesting guy. He seems to have a, a clear vision about how he wants to run things. I think that helps you gain respect from players like LeBron, which you're going to need. I think LeBron wants to buy in. I think it would be a mistake on LeBron's part not to try to buy in because this is your situation. This is what you have. <clears throat> you have to make it work. Mm-hmm. You have three more years. So you have to make it work. So I think buy-in, yeah, it'll probably happen at a certain extent. Vogel seems like a guy who is interested in doing a good job. I don't think, I mean, <laughs> now that magic is departed, uh, I don't think anybody's interested in tanking the franchise at no. this point. Um, and, and I, I do hope that, you know, things work out well, because this is, the, I think the last point that, that really has to be made here. And, and I'll, I'll, let me know if you, if you agree or disagree, but this is kind of, there's, there's very little in between, uh, on, on in terms of the paths that the Lakers can take right now, they can either success, uh, they can either succeed in ways that maybe we wouldn't have predicted previously, mm-hmm. right? They they land a Kawhi Leonard, they land a, a Kyrie, or or Lord knows even a a, a Kevin Durant, right? And they walk away from the offseason <laughs> with that somehow. And, and Katie is the, my prediction, by the way. I I take it. Take I'd be fine odds. with it. You went a I, lot like, of money on that one. That's a that's a good one. I I bet it's good odds. I think he, he winds up in New York, but that's it's probably good odds on that. But yeah, I, I think either they succeed beyond our our wildest dreams, or they fall on their face. Yeah. And 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 the reason that I don't know if there's any middle ground here is because Genie decided to pass on executives who would have best figured out this situation or maybe not even gotten into the situation at all in the first place. Right. Like there were, it, Pat Riley said that he considered working with the Lakers, but they never reached out to him. Uh, I know Bob Myers uh, just based on some of the stuff that I've heard 
did some back channeling and, and I know um Sayujiri did did some of the same thing. Just kind of like putting word out there what what direction, what how are the winds kind of uh rolling around the Lakers. Nothing too serious, just kind of just showing a little bit of interest. And and but Jeannie passed on all that. And so either Palinka and and Rambus and Phil Jackson and, and Jeannie, they figure things out and they succeed up and beyond our wildest dreams, or they do not live up to what Bob Myers or Masai Ujiri or Sam Presti or R.C. Buford could have done given the same opportunity. And that's why there's it's really hard to 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 identify any kind of middle ground there because they that's the situation that Lakers have put us in. Do you do you think uh, do you think those are the only two outcomes here? Or do you see more op, uh, more opportunity for, for some kind of middle ground? I see. So actually, Rob Palenka did talk about this a little bit of what they would be doing this summer, whether, you know, it was getting a free agent or using that money to sign two or three players. That's like a certain kind of middle ground, right, would be like using – our cap space mm-hmm. to sign a couple players that are very good instead of a superstar. Mm-hmm. And it certainly depends on who those players are for yeah. sure. But I think something that would is an interesting thing to talk about, and I don't even know if it's necessarily true, is that these sort of middle-of-the-road options are not acceptable to Lakers fans at this point. No, not with LeBron on the roster, I don't think. For me personally, I just want to watch basketball. That's <laughs> good. Like, I just want to yeah. sit in front of my TV and enjoy what's happening. Not have, like, not, I don't want to feel like this season, like I did after LeBron's injury when we were on the road losing every fucking game and it was a nightmare. That's mm-hmm. what I don't want to feel this season. At all. I'm done with that. Yeah. So I would be fine if it was something... Obviously, Kawhi is my dream. I would do almost anything for that to happen. (laughs) But I'm not going to try to expect it. And I'm not even going to be mad if we get, like, two or three guys that are, like, really good. Like, I don't know. Getting Kemba is not a terrible thing to me. And honestly... I actually don't mind the idea of DeMarcus Cousins if it seems like he's going to make a good recovery. The two injuries in like a year thing is really scary, but he's like one of my favorite players, so I can't be mad. Yeah, I I just uh, I I guess to me the the specifics of of the moves that they make, we'll see what they look like when we get there. I guess for me it's just about setting expectations, and it's hard not to feel like it's hard not to set expectations at at a pretty high spot given the opportunity that the Lakers have. They have LeBron, they have cap space, they have a good young core, they have all the resources that come with being the Lakers. Like they have, it's it, if you just look at that in a vacuum, this shouldn't be that difficult. No, but, this is actually a pretty good. Vogel is coming into a pretty awesome situation for a coach. Yeah, if you don't if you don't factor in any of the other stuff, the the backstabbing and the, the I mean at this point like theoretically we are set up for a fresh start. And I mm-hmm. kind of love that idea of like the optimism like moving forward together. This was something that Pete and Darius talked about on a podcast that like 
rowing, all rowing in the same direction. I think we have a unique opportunity right now, even if we don't like all the people who have oars in their hands, for everybody to be rowing in the same direction. And like the pieces that we have are excellent. We still kind of have a shot at AD, I think. The walk back mm-hmm. of like the Lakers have no chance thing that happened recently, it kind of mm-hmm. maybe showed me that we have a little bit of a chance there. And yep. then additionally, like there are other free agents like Kawhi and Kyrie who have had rumors swirling around them for a year about where they're going to go. And the Lakers have always been in that conversation because obviously. And that's just been, I think we have a bright future. We're the bright future Lakers. I love it. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) There's reason to be optimism. I I guess at this point, I've learned to just kind of limit my expectations as much as possible. And then they are still going to come. They're going to fall short of even those, but at least it won't be as painful if I'm, if I'm over the moon about, about anything. And then like with the, with the uh, rowing the boat thing, I guess technically if Jason Kidd pushes Vogel out of the boat, they could all technically be moving in the same direction. They'd just be a little lighter. So (laughs) no, but if you lose one guy, then you're just rowing in a circle. That's the (laughs) kids fine with it. Kids, kids, kids going to be the, the, the ruler of the ashes. I have one more thing to say that's actually mm-hmm. kind of serious, but I forgot to talk about it when we were talking about Magic's interview. Mm-hmm. So, and it kind of ties into our conversation about Jason Kidd. So he was like, he was talking about the thing, when he was talking about how he wasn't able to make ultimate decisions on things, he was talking about how he wanted to fire Luke. Mm-hmm. And then he said... Now, Luke's a great guy, and that was what he was saying to make it seem like it wasn't personal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a personal thing. It was just like he wanted to fire Luke because of the basketball. But in my like head, immediately I was like, it has been less yeah. than a month right. since Luke's – since allegations from Kelly Tennant against mm-hmm. Luke of these like kind of horrifying like – sexual uh harassment and mm-hmm. assault accusations were made and it's just kind of stunning how easily we forget this is something that i have said a lot to to people personally about when these kinds of accusations either are just omnipresent about a certain person like if something that happened in their past like jason kidd or like uh derrick rose or like lance stevenson We talk about it for a week or two to make sure that we talked about it and mentioned it and we all remembered it for two weeks and then we have we just act like it never happened. And obviously the investigation is not over, but we are currently acting like it these accusations did not happen. And it's just like really sucks to see. And nobody on first take said anything about that, obviously. Yeah. I think it was because they considered it a throwaway line with Magic, but I completely agree. It's not, though. It's not a throwaway line. It's you, you so frustrating. You can't throw that line away. You right? actually cannot. And it's yeah. literally just Magic trying to cover his ass a little bit by being like, see, I'm nice still. Luke's a great guy. And it's like you – it just shows how little people think about those types of of accusations or like cases that people have had against them when they're considering what makes somebody a great guy. 
Well, it's also worth mentioning here that Luke was doing this while Magic was his boss, allegedly. Yeah. Right. Some of the allegations took place while Luke was working with the Lakers. And while Luke was working with the Lakers, one of his bosses was Magic Johnson. Maybe he maybe his I mean it depends on how you want to rank Genie and Magic and, and whatever, but one of his highest ranking bosses was Magic. Yeah. And and like for yeah, I would I would agree that it was it is disappointing to see that just kind of fall by the wayside. It's it's a bummer and and we're we're seeing it fall by the wayside here with Kid too. And and it's just like the the point that that I've made a couple times here is, like, how do women who are are Laker fans like how 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 do they walk into that arena and feel like oh yeah you guys value me? <laughs> it's right? every year too, and I know it's not just the Lakers. I'm sure you could go around the yeah. league. That's not an excuse at all. I just mean like it's more it's more like epidemic endemic. I don't I don't know why am I trying to use words like that. It's more <laughs> common than just one team. And it's happening all around the league. But every year you have to make – and it's not just women. Like men should be thinking about this as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like <laughs> I walk into a game – not actually into a game. I'm poor, guys. I don't go to games. Um, I walk <laughs> into my living room to watch a game and I'm like, okay, Lance Stevenson, I guess. Like I don't know if he's a better guy now. I don't know if – anything's been forgiven like he really never had any consequences neither did jason kidd derrick rose is having a comeback year you guys isn't that such a beautiful story (laughs) and like it's just frustrating like every time that happens like you have to make a value judgment for your own life of like is it worth it for me to sit here and listen to two commentators talk about what a beautiful story Derek Rose has for two hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's there's no here's the thing. The the portion of our audience who's interested in us having this conversation, they're here for it, one hundred percent. But you look at you look at anytime the Lakers tweet anything about Lance Stevenson and somebody brings up Lance Stevenson's prior allegations, right? They get shouted down by, by 15 people saying, you know, this and that and the other about how, Oh, were there, were there charges? Were there this, were there that? And, and it's just, it's taxing because it's a conversation that needs to take place. It's a conversation that can't go anywhere. Right. But there are people who are literally invested almost on a personal level to make sure that those conversations don't take place because they take away from the happiness that comes with with professional sports. And and I just don't think I don't think it's 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 beneficial to anybody. It's the, I don't think it's beneficial to anybody to, to approach sports as just an escape, because then it, what what are you willing to look past at that point? I, it, if you're willing to look past that, then then what? You know, and and where does that line? Where do you draw that line? And uh, and and yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up. I really, I I was remiss not to. So I'm glad you brought it up. It just struck me. I just think that it's like if if people like aren't catching that that people we're just all pretending that those allegations don't exist now because mm-hmm. they haven't been in the news. Like because the initial shock of the the report is is gone. That Kelly Tennant has been dealing with this for years, mm-hmm. 
she's been thinking about it for years. So like maybe you can think about it for more than two weeks. And honestly, <laughs> like I did tack this tack this onto the end of the episode. I didn't mean to, but that's just how it ended up happening. But I would really I think this is a really interesting conversation that doesn't happen that much. And I think you're right. There are a lot of people who don't want it to. It reminds yeah. me of that one guy. Ellie, I don't even know who it was because fuck this guy. But he was like, sports should be like our one place where we don't have women. Like, how do we get women out of sports, oh out of God. the sports media? And I was like, yeah, you can go to hell. Like, Was that an actual thing? This was. Somebody on Twitter Holy told me crap. who this was. It was just like a a white guy with like, I think like gray hair. Does that sound right to everybody? <laughs> An <laughs> I, I, old I white guy with this. gray hair. <laughs> I would imagine I, I would right. probably have somebody who, who would say that kind of thing blocked already. I would hope I do. But <laughs> if I don't, I can, I can change that. Hey, everyone. I have a little edit here. I did some Googling and post and I found out that the white guy with gray hair that I was talking about is Stephen Moore who is President Trump's pick for a seat on the Federal Reserve Board. So that's really fun and obviously super unexpected that one of Trump's picks would have these crazy views. Um, let's just take a little bit of some quotes. So I'm taking some quotes from an article written by Heidi Stevens of the Chicago Tribune. It's a really great article. I think you should look it up. It's called... Trump fed pick Stephen Moore once said women should stay out of male sports even as beer vendors. Female sports reporters weigh in. So we're already off to a stellar start here. Basically, he says, is there no area, quote, is there no area in life where men can take a vacation from women and suggests that women should not ref male basketball games? Um, there should be no women announcers, no beer vendors, no women anything. Quote, there is, of course, an exception to this rule. Women are permitted to participate if and only if they look like Bonnie Bernstein. The fact that Bonnie knows nothing about basketball is entirely irrelevant. End quote. So he also noted that she should wear a halter top while doing her reporting. So this is a great guy. Um... Yeah, totally deserves that Federal Reserve Board um, gig. Honestly, I mean, I think the population at large should wear more halter tops. I don't think that it should be a requirement for a woman doing like a female sportscaster. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to provide that information. It is Stephen Moore. I'm sure he would love it if you spammed his email, Twitter, whatever's available with how terrible he is. All right. Well, that was fun. That This was a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you guys are tuning in for the rest of these crossover shows. They've been a blast so far. I'm, I'm happy that we were able to, to, to record this with you. Do you have any any further what appearances <laughs> like this schedule? I, I don't even we ha we um, have that schedule sign up sheet that poor Harrison keeps sending us to in the <laughs> in our email <laughs> that maybe you know I've signed up twice I think you we'll can see. actually find me and Christian next Wednesday we will be in the feed with nice. another hilarious episode. That's what we're here for. For now. <laughs> 
Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, again, hit that subscribe button, review the review the shows, uh, all of that good stuff. You can find Sasha on Twitter at Sasha Shall. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no second A there, which no. I found out. I'm glad I double checked that. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, for now, have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you next time. See you, everyone. <laughs>